Hello wine world, uh, I'm Thaddeus Bugs, the MinorityWineReport.com and also the podcast Wine in Black and White that you're listening to today. And we have the privilege today to be at a really great winery, I guess it's located in Napa Valley instead of, instead of on Howe Mountain, it's called Via Dare. Fantastic wines that, that have been around for quite a while and we have the privilege to um, uh, be shown around and escorted by Alan Viader, the now the winemaker and the vineyard manager and the vineyard manager here, and he's going to give us a little bit of a little bit of history about Viader, probably starting with his mom and how this whole project came to came to be. Hello, Alan. Go ahead. How you doing, Thaddeus? Very good. So Viader was started by Delia Viader uh, back in '84, and she. Uh, was an immigrant from Argentina, uh, single mom traveling uh, with young kids and wanted to uh, really set some roots down, start her own business, Found, uh, fell in love with Napa Valley and found this property uh, out of steel. Um, hillside vineyards back in the 80s, or hillside properties back in the 80s, uh, were not uh, well regarded. Everybody was looking for valley floor properties to plant and she um, went kind of against the grain, planted on a steep hillside, 32% uh, grade on average. It's like a double black diamond ski slope. Uh, she planted the vines super tightly spaced, very high density, so they compete with each other. They fight for the sun. We get so much heat. Uh, beautiful wines with uh, great concentration. And all this because she, she had experience in Europe uh, with those hillside vineyards all in the foothills. The best wines were, were on those foothills and she wanted to have something um, like that in Napa. Um, she fell in love with um, the, the beauty of Napa Valley, the, the kind of the, you know, the village feeling. Everybody's friends with everybody and knows everybody. Um, so this is kind of where she decided to, to, to put down some, some roots. And, uh, I was fortunate enough to grow up here on this property. We have our house on the property. Uh, we have about 100 acres uh, total on the hillside. Uh, so as a kid, this was a pretty big playground. Um, and uh, 30 acres are now planted to vine. We have Cabernet Sauvignon, Cabernet Franc. That's our, those are our two biggest varieties that we focus on. We do a tiny bit of Syrah, Malbec, and Petit Verdot. And we make really uh, small, handcrafted uh, blends with all the wines. Uh, the most famous one being Viadere, uh, Cabernet Sauvignon and Cabernet Franc. And that's just the best of the best from the estate. Simple as that. You know, we, we pick every single barrel. My mom and I still do the blends together. Uh, she was the founding winemaker, and I've kind of grown up uh, under her wing, kind of learning the the you know the the tool of the trade and uh, the tricks, and uh, went off, uh, learned how to farm vineyards. That's kind of where my passion is in the in the vineyards, the the dirt. I love the uh, the the growing aspect of of wine, and um, I've kind of moved or grown in or matured into uh, the winemaking side, and I've been making the wine since 2006, and it's been it's been wonderful. So. Now, maybe talk to us a little about a little bit about the variation in the soil types that that exists here on Howell Mountain. Well, the beauty of Howell Mountain is it's it's really volcanic. Uh, lots of good drainage, uh, lots of uh, you know loamy soils. Uh, excellent uh, for for grapevines. Grapevines love to have a, a little bit of stress on them. They don't want to be 
on thick, deep, fertile soil, like potting soil would be the worst thing you could, you could have on, on a grapevine. So the stress factor here, there's actually quite a bit of water, um, surprisingly. Uh, there's a lot of natural springs. We have like three or four on the estate here that we capture. Um, and that feeds our wine, uh, wine grapes, um, you know, all year long. Even in the heat of the summer, we have these wonderful um, springs that, that, that are feeding the vines. Uh, the drainage though is the key because the roots get to go real deep down, capture that water. Um, there's so much stress here um, and, and the, the volcanic soils uh, help kind of keep the wines concentrated and, and, and you know, really complex. Uh, the soils down towards the bottom are a little deeper uh, just because of natural erosion. There's a little tiny clay content to them but mostly loamy, um, loamy soils, very silty. Um, and then as you kind of go up the property, uh, at the top of our estate is more volcanic ash, uh, more of a tufa. Um, the, the soil series is a forward Aiken soil series, uh, so extremely uh, well-drained, very hardy, um, you know, just really high in iron, very orange in color, um, really nice quality for, for grapevines. Okay, so uh, you might have already said something about this, but how did the concept of the name Viader uh, come to be? So Viader is our last name, and it's really um, just my mom wanted to start with with something special, and she she didn't want it to um, how to explain it. She didn't want to have like a, a fanciful name associated with with the wine. She wanted it to be our family, and then this property kind of inherited that name. So now this is just a Viader property. Um, and this is our terroir. We're not officially uh, in Howl Mountain Appalachian. We're not officially in San Lina Appalachian. We're we're in our own little kind of corner of the world here. We have we have a very unique site that has the best of, of both worlds. Um, we have the sun exposure. We have the, the the rock, the soil from Howl Mountain, but we have the exposure and the heat from uh, San Lina and Calistoga. So. Uh, very great wines um, and a great terroir. Um, so Viader really means um, just th this place is really special. Um, no, I can see that as we're looking out over. Is this like a man-made pond? Or yeah, so that's Bell Canyon Bel Reservoir. Bel Canyon. And you feed water off of that. So that's that's drinking water for the town of Saint Helena. Uh, oh, we're, right. yeah. This is drinking water. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, wonderful. So we're looking at um, Calistoga to uh, the north here, to the right. And then uh, down here, you get all the way down to San Lina. You can see all of the Mayacamas Mountains, uh, the Spring Mountain. You can see Diamond Mountain and lots of really good vineyards uh, okay, in this area. Okay, so some of the viewers might, uh, listeners might want to, might be interested. They, they've been seeing on TV all these big fires out here in California this year. Has any of this affected um, the the, uh, the wineries here in, uh, in the Napa Valley area? Well, we've had a lot of experience, unfortunately. Uh, back in 2017, we had fires kind of knocking on our doors as well. Mm -hmm. uh, this year, it's a little closer to home. Uh, the fires were over the hill uh, in Pope Valley, and uh, they had to close Lower Charles Valley Road, and then that only left one outlet, um, which was Deer Park Road, which is where we're on. And uh, the winds were uh, forecasted to blow this direction, so they uh, they evacuated Angwin and the community of Deer Park, um, so they closed down our roads. Um, as farmers, we had access to be able to come up and uh, irrigate our vineyards and really check on things here um, throughout that whole process, but 
besides the road closures, uh, it didn't affect us. We didn't see any uh, fire damage. Um, we're well protected. We've been maintaining our property since day one. Um, so we have fire breaks and we keep the forest uh, manicured and you know taken care of. So um, we'll, we're pretty confident that we'll be fine if you know fire does fly through here. Um, which God forbid it doesn't, but uh, you know, it <laughs> seems more and more fires are happening in California. Um, the the smoke in the area uh, wasn't that bad, just because the winds never did materialize the way that they thought. They actually kept the wind, uh, the smoke away from us. It was blowing uh, towards towards the northeast, um, so they were coming from the southwest, keeping the fires away, keeping the smoke away, um, which is a real saving grace for us. We had. Uh, uh, some beautiful days. Um, this past week, uh, we're seeing a lot of smoke uh, just because the winds now are coming down from Mendocino. Uh, you guys that's listening can, but it looks like it's almost an overcast, foggy day. Now, this is actual smoke. Yeah, this is smoky day. To, and yesterday now, and today are, are pretty no bad. If there was no smoke there, would it, would, would it be a sunny day? It would, be, it would be sunny, but it's overcast. Usually this time of, uh, okay. of year in Napa, there's an overcast, kind of uh, hazy okay. character anyway. I got you. Okay. So let's uh, talk about some of the really good juice that we've drank today. Starting with, we were in the uh, barrel room, and Alan pulled out the, the wine thief, which is this long tube that goes down in the barrel, and it sucks wine out of the barrel which is everyone, I think, should really have one of those if you have a barrel to go into. But anyway. It's my okay, favorite so, tool. <laughs> yeah, so we, so we, so in the wine, in, in the cellar, we tasted basically some of the, the, the base wines that's going to end up being in the blends. Yeah, that, the components. That, yep. The components. Mm -hmm. So uh, walk us through the four wines that we, that we currently have been having drinking at the tasting starting with the, the black label so one of my favorites is the black label we started this uh, back uh, about a little over 10 years ago um, it's a blend from the estate it's uh, something that I started with uh, a new perspective on the estate I wanted to do Cabernet with Syrah a uh, little bit of Cab Franc and Malbec uh, really to um, you know, start start a new style, new blend, uh, something with a little bit more flashy, more uh, intense fruit, more juicy, more um, just more more expressive fruit components. Um, really, you know, something to drink today. Uh, enjoy with uh, a little bit spicier food. I, I tend to throw a little hot sauce in my food, and uh, the classic kind of cabernets uh, don't pair so well with that. And this this guy will handle. A little bit of smoke, a little bit of spice. Um, it's a little juicier, a little more intense. So um, that's a lot of fun. It's it's a small production wine uh, that we really enjoy making here, and it's and it's so unique that people people love it. Um, take that with them. Um, the Viadere, uh, our our signature blend, is really what put my mom on the map. It's it's what this estate is all about. It's it's uh, our first release was in 1989. Uh, my mom really. Uh, splashed in the uh, industry when she put 40% Cab Franc in the blend and she's been a huge fan and, and uh, kind of a cheerleader for Cabernet Franc since then. Uh, it's always a minimum 30% Cabernet Franc in this blend and it's, uh, it's the best of the best from this estate and that's our biggest production wine. Uh, it's the one that we usually get the highest uh, you know, accolades and just the most attention and it's what people know us for. It's really traditional, classic, more restrained, more balanced, more elegant. Uh, it's a gorgeous wine. 
Uh, where this one is the you know sexy white lace, the black label is more leather jacket um, style. <laughs> and then we got the V. How did the single V white label come about? So the the V white label was um, something my mom started back in '98, and she loved Petit Verdot. Always thought it was a wonderful varietal, and she planted Petit Verdot. Uh, started getting some fruit from it and started uh, doing some blends and it didn't go into the Viader blend as she originally thought so she decided instead of uh, messing with a beautiful blend that she had created and um, all her you know fans and, and followers were um, you know gonna get upset with the change in style because Petit Verdot is really big real powerful and uh, very structured and it, it really would have changed the style completely uh, made you know this Viader, which is so feminine and gorgeous, uh, into a little bit more uh, aggressive, more intention, um, intentional, powerful house um, wine. That uh, she decided to make a new blend, um, and it took off. People love it, so it's kind of our cult, kind of under the radar. Nobody knows about it. Uh, you can only buy it uh, on the estate, and it's it's a Petit Verdot based wine, 70 percent. Uh, the rest is Cab. It's uh, a huge wine that's just got so much complexity, so much beautiful, floral, rich, intense character. Um, you know, this is special occasion wine. I thought it for was sure. outstanding. Absolutely. And then you gave us a little surprise uh, towards the end here. So the, the newest member of the family is homenaje by Viader. And homenaje in Spanish means uh, tribute. And uh, our family is originally from Argentina. Uh, and in 2016, it was our 30th anniversary, so we really wanted to do something special. And, and I thought, what would be you know better than starting a, a whole new label, really, to commemorate that that milestone? And uh, homenaje was a, a way for us to really show tribute to my grandfather, who helped uh, give literally give my mom the seed money to start this property. Uh, from scratch and, and then just kind of what my mom's created over the past 30 years of all her hard work and kind of see where we are now and um, it's a tribute also to our, our Argentine uh, roots and our heritage so it's made mostly of, Cab of uh, Malbec with Cabernet Sauvignon. Um, this year is, is about 60% uh, we're looking at the 2017 Malbec uh, and, and homenaje and that's a 60% Malbec with 40% uh, Cab so really wonderful varietal to play with. Malbec uh, is going to be in a lot more blends these days. It's, it's really an, it's an amazing wine and as people in California really learn how to how to grow it better and, and get these wonderful characters out of it, I think you'll see more of it. So we're really behind it. We love it. So. No, it's an exceptional wine. I really enjoyed it also. So we do have a small uh, audience behind us, a little ga gallery here. You guys have any questions for Alan <laughs> that, that might come to mind? This have one as I'm looking at purchasing what I'm going to purchase and we also have a 2013 Via Dare. Can you compare the 2013 versus the 15 which is the one we had at the tasting? So the 2015 I think is is a beautiful vintage. Uh, very hot, very dry. It was one of those drought years. Um, the 2013 was also a drought year. I'd say it's actually even a little bit hotter and a little drier uh, than the 15. So you're going to see a wine that has a little bit more power, more structure behind it. The 15 has more red fruit. Uh, the 13 really has these big powerful shoulders on it um, but with the age that it has I think the, the 13 is going to be showing better today if you're going to drink something today 13 hands down uh, 15 you can still lay it, lay it down and uh, wait a few years 
I would like to uh, just respond a little bit to that. Did you find like early on, not within the last year or two, but the 13s are kind of shut down a little bit and they wasn't ready to drink like uh, within five years, like an 18 or whatever. Oh, yeah, did yeah. Did you guys, did you find Yeah, the 13, the 13s yeah. definitely right out of the gate uh-huh. were, were, were very tight, very um, hard to get. Um, you know that that beauty out of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was just the nature of the vintage. Okay. They struggled every single day of that of that growing season. Okay. Um, so the the wines were really tightly wound. Um, but now that we have seven years on them, which is kind of that window that I was talking about. These wines, the Vietor wines, need five to seven years, and you're sitting at seven years. And that's that's a beautiful time for for the for the wine to to show and really open up. Um, I think it'll just continue. I think if you can wait till you know three more years where it's at that 10 year mark that 13 is going to sing it's going to be just gorgeous um, these wines they're high percentage of cab franc means that they're approachable very young very early cab franc is just so expressive and it's it's very vibrant um, but we're up here on a fractured mountain you know fractured rock on the side of a mountain that uh, these wines are stressed and they're 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 big and they're powerful wines and um, they need some patience, um, you know, from the from the collector. So, um, you know, don't be afraid of putting these down and waiting a couple of years. So we do three of the years for you, you know, two years in barrel, one year in bottle before release. So, uh, and it's not that long. You can wait two years. Brian, you got a question you wanna? No, j- just a comment. I guess uh, first. Alan, uh, thanks we're a not lot. done with comments. Right? Thanks a lot for hosting us. Uh, <laughs> yeah, man, it's my beautiful pleasure. Pro- beautiful property, and, and is, a, is a big fan of the Hell Mountain area. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know you're just south of it, and also uh, of Cab Franc. The blends that you're putting together with those two uh, varietals are outstanding. And uh, yeah, thank uh, you, I'm, man. I'm, thanks to Thaddeus for for you know obviously bringing me along and introducing me introducing him to me too. He, now he he must have told you he lives kind of Walnut Creek. Not a short are you over the bridge or are you on this side of I'm the bridge? I'm on the other or? side of the bridge, yeah. Oh so you have to go okay, yeah. very good. Okay, so America that that'll do it with our com- for our conversation with Alan Viadere and and thank you very much for your uh, really kind hospitality and look forward to coming back and uh, checking out your new project one day. All right man. Cheers. Love to have you.